You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see that open your Bible in Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. We've been talking about the anointing. Everybody say the anointing. We've been talking about it from the perspective of understanding what Christ means. Everybody say Christ. Now, if you've missed any of our sessions, I do encourage you to go onto our podcast. All the previous sessions are there. And I showed from the Word of God using various scriptures as well as cross-references and the meanings of the words that the word Christ refers to Jesus, but it is not His name. It's not even a title, really. It is a descriptive word. It's a Greek word that was translated from the Hebrew word Hamashiach. The Hebrew word means the anointed one. It's the exact meaning. It's not even a similar. It is the exact. If you said Hamashiach, the Hebrew ear would hear the anointed. And that word Hamashiach was translated into the Greek because the New Testament where it's written was written in Greek. And that's where he says we have found the Christ, which is translated from Messiah. So the Greek word Christ is also an exact translation of the anointed one. And so if that is the case, then you should have taken it forward into the English. So Hebrew, Hamashiach, in Greek, Christos, and in English, the anointed one. Exact meanings. Now, in saying that, what makes him the anointed one? It would be the anointing. And the anointing of the anointed one is what makes him the anointed one. As I've said before, what makes a person wet is water. So if I said someone's a wet one, you safely assume they've got water on them. And the, by having the water on them makes them the wet one. So if I wanted to wet you and I was the wet one, all I needed to do was hug you then there would be a transference of that water. Now you would also be a wet one now. So the same way when you were born again, you received Christ. And with Christ came His anointing. And in receiving Christ, the anointing on the anointed one, that same anointing got on you, got into you. So now you're also an anointed one. And that's where we now have an issue where sometimes people listen with a religious ear. If I said, I am an anointed one, they'd be okay with that. But if I said, I am a Christ, now they're nervous. And yet I use the same term. I can still tell now, see, you weren't in the previous meetings. You need to get the messages. Let me help you. Are you the body of Christ? Okay, whose finger is this? Those watching, are listening on audio, I've just lifted up my hand. Whose finger is this? If, if, I, if, if I said, whose finger, use my name. Okay, whose foot is this? Whose head is this? Who is the head of the church? Jesus. The anointed one. Okay, and you are his body. 
So whether you are the tiniest, littlest freckle on the bottom of the little toe, you are still part of the body of the anointed one. And if the body's wet, so are you. It's not I who live, it's the anointed one and his anointing that lives in me. See how this helps to open up when you start to look at the actual vernacular, the, the meaning of the word, the scriptures, what is it saying? Because through that, you remove the religiosity and you can begin to walk in the fullness of what God intends for you to walk in. Now, when we talk about this anointing, what are we talking about? Oil? Just some kind of essence? Well, Acts 10.38, how God anointed who? Jesus. There's the man of Nazareth with what? The anointing. You anoint with anointing, isn't that right? He anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit and with power. Now watch this. Who then went about doing good and healing all who were sick and oppressed the devil for? The anointing, God was with him. Not because he was God. See, Jesus, the man, after he was born, there were no miracles in his life. You go study it out. I don't care what tradition says. The Word of God shows no miracles until he was baptized in the River Jordan. And the moment he was baptized, John saw the Holy Spirit come on him. It landed on him like a bird. And what happened? He was filled with that Holy Spirit. He then went into the wilderness. He was tempted on those three occasions. And then the Bible says he came out in great power. Why? Because he had overcome the temptations that caused Adam to lose the anointing in the first place. And the moment he could overcome those temptations, he now had the privilege and honor to walk with that anointing. And with that anointing is the power of God. And from that moment on, you see the miracles start to take place because of that anointing. Now, if we understand that, then we're no longer out here kind of hoping God hears in heaven. Maybe He will see. Maybe He will help me. Maybe He will reach out. Maybe He will heal me. Maybe He will deliver me. You never know what God's going to do until you recognize you are born again and the anointing that removes burdens and destroys yokes is right there in your body. Right there, where are you sitting? God, where are you? Right in your very being. You're born again? Same Holy Spirit lives within you. The burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. And that gives you the right and privilege to call on it the moment you need it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That anointing is available to whoever calls on it. The woman with the issue of the blood proved that. If I can touch him, what she's saying, if I can connect with the anointing, I'll be made whole. She didn't ask for his permission, didn't need him to put his, her, his hand on her head, didn't need anything. All she needed to do was connect with the anointing. Now remember, she doesn't have the Holy Spirit with her, but she knew who did. And if she can connect that Power flowed into her and immediately she was healed. And Jesus said, who did that? 
And then when she explained the story, he said, your faith, your faith, your expectancy, your trust of that anointing. Now, family, here's the thing. You don't have to go to Jesus over there with his cloak on over there. The Holy Spirit lives in you. Amen. You can just touch your him. Right there. Amen. There's no anointing in the cloth. The anointing can flow through it, but it comes from within your heart. Hallelujah. You can be all alone. If I can just get the pastor to pray for me, you have the faith right there where you are. See, here's the thing. This is why this ministry, we, I make sure you understand what the words are. I want you equipped. There's some people that want to keep you dependent on the man. That's religion. I don't care how much they scream, shout, and it all sounds charismatic and, and new and, and blessed. And you know, we're not that religious group and whatever, but you need the man. No, there is a connection with your pastor. What's for the equipping, for the teaching. There is a flow of anointing through the man of God into your life. But when you are out there on your own and there's nothing around you and you're in trouble and you're in danger, you don't need some holy man to put his hand on your head. You're out there, you can believe God and trust Him because you're born again. You have the Holy Spirit in you and you can trust Him. You getting a hold of this? Hallelujah. Now, there are times when we do need a connection of faith. The Bible says, if any among you is sick, call on the elders. Why is that? Because sometimes we need that corporate faith. Sometimes we do need to bring it together. And there, where one puts a thousand to fly, two put ten thousand to fly. But that's to come into agreement. If any two of you agree touching anything, it'll be done for them. So this is not discounting. You understand there's a whole balance involved here. We do need each other. We need to be part of the body. Don't neglect the gathering. The fivefold ministry is there. How will you hear without a preacher? All of those scriptures are valid. What I'm saying is you trust the anointing that's in your life. And you can put faith in that. Hallelujah. In the middle of the night when you're wondering, can I phone the pastor? You can just dial heaven. There's it right there and then. Thank you, Jesus. I know you never leave me. You never forsake me. People knew I was sick and no one phoned me. You got the Holy Spirit in you. Amen. I'm not going to invade your faith and, and, and phone you and say, are you okay? Because I'm going to assume you're well. If you need my prayer of faith, by all means, call. Come on, you're getting a hold of this? But uh, that, that's where we as a household of faith know that you're equipped and you're able to stand in faith knowing God has blessed you. Say, God has blessed me. Hallelujah. Now, we had a look at scriptures where we recognize that this is the Holy Spirit. Remember Acts chapter 19, Paul was, uh, was talking there and, he, and he's asked, have they received the Holy Spirit when they believed? And they said they didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. Obviously being born again, they did have the Holy Spirit, but didn't ask, do you have the Holy Spirit? He said, did you receive? And then when he explained it, he baptized them. Uh, when they were baptized in the name of Jesus, verse six, and when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. And so we recognize there's a receiving that takes place. Everybody say receiving. 
And then John chapter 14, Jesus said that he would send another helper, verse 16 and 17. It's the spirit of truth. And he says, because you neither see him nor know him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So the Holy Spirit is in me. And then John 14, 26, that same Holy Spirit, the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance the things that I said to you. Remember last time we spoke about that wisdom that comes from the anointing. John 16, verse 13, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He'll not speak of his own authority. Whatever he hears, he will speak and he'll tell you things to come. So you have an anointing to be reminded of what you've been taught, that to reveal God's will in your life, and prepare you and equip you with what you need and then reveal what's your next step. Family of God, I don't know how anybody lives without this anointing. They don't really live. Because the thing is that I don't want to live life by the seat of my pants. I'm done with trying to fix up mess ups. I'm going to say amen to that. I prefer to know if God said to do something, to do it. That's one of the biggest lessons I ever learned was there were many times that we decided just to do something because someone else is doing it. Well, it sounds like a good idea. Maybe we, someone says, why don't we try this? Well, that sounds like a good idea. Those were the things that cost me the most, put me on my face the most. <laughs> I had to pray and try and fight this thing rather than going to God and say, God, yeah, it's a great plan. Will you please bless it? Why don't we first go to God and find out what is it that you want to do? What, is you, what are you asking us to do? What's the next step? Yeah, yeah, but everybody's going that direction. I'm not everybody. I'm in a different place, a different town, different people, different. Come on, every, you understand what I'm saying? And so right now we need to know what God's saying to us. What's God saying to you? And by listening for His voice, listening for His direction, listening for His insight, you will receive the insight and understanding to know what to do, to know what to say, and He will equip you for your next step. And when you have that kind of voice, that wisdom, the mind of Christ, you're able to make wise and accurate decisions. And I want to show you this morning from the Word of God. And sometimes people say, Pastor, I don't, know, I don't know where you get the wisdom from. Where, well, it's obvious, isn't it? Because Alan Bagg, the man, is not that clever. I've already proved that. I may be good with science and maths and being able to add things and, and figure out logic and all that sort of thing. But that's just the brain that can add one and one and know it's two. But to know what to do at the right time there were many things I did BC, before Christ. My BC days. And every decision put me deeper in the hole. Deeper in the hole. Now this is going to help me. Deeper in the hole. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. And I thank God the day came when I could hear His voice. Many, many times people ask me questions. Say, what do you think about this? I'm not even going to think about it. I'll go quiet. I'll, sometimes it frustrates some people. They ask me a question, I'll just go quiet. Say something. I'm not speaking till I hear. I can tell you what I think, but I've already proved that's stupid. So I'm going to wait. 
And if I don't hear, I won't speak. Jesus said, I don't say anything unless I hear my father say. That's Jesus. So if he does that, who am I? So I'm going to trust him. Amen. So we understand the Bible tells us 1 Corinthians 2.16, we have the mind of Christ. Say that I have the mind of the anointed one, his anointing. In 1 Corinthians 1.30, of him you are in this anointed one, Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God. Hallelujah. Say, the wisdom I received is the wisdom that comes from God. See, I don't need human wisdom. I want to know God's wisdom. What is wisdom? Well, very simple definition that I believe helped me a lot is wisdom is knowing what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. See, knowledge and understanding, if you just think of human intellect, only John, it's like some, I heard someone say, uh, knowledge, information is knowing that tomato is a fruit. How many of you didn't know that? It's true. Look it up. Tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. So wisdom is taking knowledge you know, because sometimes you can know the right thing and do it at the wrong time. So I've got the knowledge, but when is the right time? And then when it's time to do it, to do it accurately, to do it correctly. That's wisdom. That comes from God. Now you have received that wisdom. I said you have received that wisdom. Acts chapter 2 verse 38, Peter said to them, repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, for the remission of sins. Now, how many of you have done that? And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. So that when I gave my life to Jesus and I was baptized, I was baptized into that anointing. I've received that gift. You have it. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, listen to this, who has blessed us with how many? Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. How? In this anointing of the anointed one. Now when we say spiritual blessings, don't get lost in just the woohoo out there. Because even this very natural earth, everything that's solid, that's created, came from the heart of God by Him speaking. This is a manifestation of the Spirit. It begins in the Spirit and then is brought into the natural. So that you could read that every blessing. Every blessing. But spiritual highlights, it's not just something that maybe the enemy might cook up for you. So it's what God intends for you to enjoy. Now notice, He has blessed you with how many? So there's nothing left to bless you with. You have the full blessing. 
I said, you have the full blessing. Oh, if God would just bless me, you have already been blessed with every blessing. Say that. I have been blessed with every blessing. Now with that in mind, come and have a look at verse 15. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now, how many of you understand that when Paul taught, he said, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. The only way for faith to come is by hearing God's Word. He also in context of everything we've already looked at, you only speak what God has said. So if God trusts Paul to write the Scriptures, and the Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, therefore this is Holy Spirit inspired what he's writing. So this is a Holy Spirit inspired prayer. If I can put it this way, it's a God sanctioned prayer. This is a prayer God decided to give Paul. Paul wrote it down. I would say that's a very important prayer that if I prayed it, I'm praying exactly the will of God. And so I made a decision. I've taken certain prayers that Paul wrote and said, I pray this over you. And I've made it my personal assignment to pray the same prayers over you as the family of God. So these are prayers I pray every single day over you. How many of you wouldn't mind someone praying over you every day? You have that. I've given my commitment to that. I made a quality decision a long time ago, something I do every day. But before anything else, I'm going to pray over my partners, giving God glory for you, thanking God for blessing you. Because I want to see you fulfill your call, not just about me. Amen. And so when I pray these prayers, I pray them in faith. So you can wake up in the morning and say, praise God, I've already been prayed for today. And you can take these prayers and put them into the first person and speak them into your life. My pastor said this, I'm saying it, two of us agree, it's done. Amen. So what did he pray? That the God of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, the Father of glory, give to you the spirit of wisdom. Who is that? The anointing. The Holy Spirit. Christ became for us wisdom. So that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, Father of glory, gives you the spirit of wisdom, and listen to this, revelation in the knowledge of Him. Now here's what I pray. That the eyes of your understanding are enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power now listen to this we're talking about the hope of his calling the riches of his glory the exceeding greatness of his power. What power are we talking about here? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in the anointed one when he raised him from the dead. Now, family of God, we know by <laughs> scientific fact and the endorsement of the scriptures 
that when someone's dead for three days, they already start stinking. Isn't that what they said when Lazarus, and by the time Jesus came, said, roll away the stone, they said, he, he, he stinks by now. That was three days. Remember that? How long was Jesus in the grave? Three days. Not only was he dead, Lazarus still had everything intact. Jesus had his side split open. He was whooped. He had every last ounce of blood drained out of his body. No blood left in his body. For three days. Holes in his hands. Holes, his side split open. Pierced to the heart. That's where the water flowed from. And he's lying in the grave. Three days. Three nights. Then God declares from heaven, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. And right there, the Holy Spirit, the anointing of God is released out of heaven by the promise of Father that once that price is paid, I will release the Holy Spirit into the earth and that Holy Spirit drives into the bowels of the earth, penetrates into that dead, lifeless, bloodless body and ignites it back to life. What kind of power pulls a man out of the grave? And walks around in a body that doesn't even have blood pumping through its veins. That can empower flesh to live without blood. That's the power that lives in you family. And you still breathing and you still got blood in your body. <laughs> he worked us. In the anointed one, when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power, might and dominion, and every name is that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put how many? All things under his, under his, under his body. Like I said, I don't care if you're the freckle on the last <laughs> toe on the bottom of the body. It's still under his feet. Where's, where are the feet? The bottom of the body. I'm just so insignificant. I'm like an appendix. Yeah, you're still part of the body. <laughs> under your feet. Say, under my feet. You want to talk to the devil? Talk down. Under your feet. And gave him to be head. This is Jesus of all things. Where? To the church which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. Family, the body of Christ fills this earth. You are part of that body right there where you are in your workplace, in your neighborhood. You are the body of Christ. We no longer have to go to the hem of Jesus. That anointing flows in you. You are that hem. Anybody has needs, anybody needs prayer, anybody needs the anointing, you lay hands on them. Say amen.
Keep reading. Look at chapter 2, verse 1. And sometimes we need to ignore those chapters. Like chapter 2, new thought, new idea, new direction. No, it begins with and. You don't walk in a room and say and. What's and what? And joins. So his one thought, Jesus, the power of God, raising him from the dead, seating him at the right hand, far above all principality, power, might and dominion, giving him the name above all names. He's the head of the church, you're his body and you he made alive. You he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which we once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. That's the devil. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, amongst whom we also once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, watch this, made us together alive, how? With that same anointing of the anointed one. The same anointing that pulled Jesus out of the grave made you alive. Family of God, you got to get a hold of this. When you're born again, you didn't just change churches. You didn't just get some goosebumps and say, woo, it feels much nicer in this building than the other one I used to go to. That same power that pulled Jesus out of the grave and walked amongst men and handled me for a ghost doesn't have flesh and bone as I do. Kept that body alive. He made you alive. When you gave your life to Jesus, you came just as alive. Hallelujah. The Word of God say the Holy Spirit quickens our mortal body. He made us alive. Say He made me alive. Together with Christ, with the Anointed One. By grace you've been saved. And He raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in this anointing of the anointed one, Jesus. For by grace you save through faith. That's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are His workmanship created in this anointed one, Jesus, for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Family, your physical body is sitting right now in a chair in a geographical GPS spot. But your spirit, you are seated at the right hand of the creator of all things. In the very anointed one, Jesus. You are seated in heavenly places. You're not sitting as a slave, you're sitting as a son. You're sitting as an anointed one. You have the authority of heaven to declare God's decrees in this earth. Shout amen. Come on, give Jesus praise. If you get a hold of that. Look at chapter 3, Ephesians 3, verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees. See, family of God, these are Holy Spirit-inspired prayers. This is prayed by the anointing, knowing the anointing is in you. 
I can pray this. I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you. That's my prayer to you. You can say, God grants me this because it's been prayed, it's been spoken, it's declared by the Word of God, that He will grant you. Say, that's me. According to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might through His Spirit, where? In your inner man, listen to this, that the anointing of this anointed one may dwell in your hearts. How? Through faith. In your heart. Now get a hold of this. Jesus the man, his physical body, where is that? Geographically. Seated at the right hand of the Father. He is act like you sitting physically in a chair. He is sitting physically on his throne at the right hand of the Father. Mm-hmm. So when I say I have Jesus in my heart, you don't have his flesh and bone body in you. It's the Holy Spirit. It's Christ. Now they are one as much as the Father and he is one. You understand? One God. I'm speaking now so you understand how this happens. How does Jesus enter your heart? By this anointed one. That the anointed one dwells in your heart. That's the presence of the Holy Spirit that you are rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in love. Remember the word says, those that hear the word have no root in themselves. Satan's easily able to steal that word. Not from you. Because you're rooted in love. Say that God is love and I am rooted and grounded in that love. That you may be able to comprehend, understand with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth and height to know this love of the anointed one which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. The fullness of God. The fullness of God. The fullness, not some of, every spiritual blessing. The width, the length, the depth and height. Let me ask you, how wide is God? How long is God? How deep is God? How high is God? What does God not know? This all-knowing God, the all-powerful God, the one who says, light be, and 24 hours later, there's 16 billion miles of physical space that all is perfectly driven and perfectly balanced and perfectly organized and perfectly designed. The one that holds the very water in his hand and balances out the waves and the tides. The one who weighs the sand. The one who, who understands all things, is corrupt in all things, knows all things that is God Almighty, the fullness of God dwells inside you. Oh, come on, that, that you gotta. Woo, this body's not big enough. You don't have to get outside the body to understand this. This is in the realm of the spirit. See, that's my prayer that you would understand that, that you would believe that. Gone are the prayers. Where are you, God? <laughs> You're kidding me. 
Devil, you picked the wrong one. See, that's what he does. He pokes to see, do you really believe this? Do you really know this? That's what all the problems are. Let me see if you believe this. When you stand say, the greater one lives in me. See, it's no longer I who live. It's that anointing. I believe it. Hallelujah. You touch me, you touching power. The power of the universe. The power of God. The fullness of God. That's my prayer that you would know this and believe it. When you wake up in the morning, you know heaven is with you. God is with you. The power of all God, the Holy Spirit, the anointed one. I am the body of Christ. So when you see a problem, you know, oh, no, God's going to, you say, come here, let me put my hand on that. Hallelujah. Someone says, I'm really struggling, I'm hurting. Let's pray. I believe God answers prayer. See, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think, according to what? According to what? According to what? What is that? Who is that? The anointed one, according to the anointing that works in us, to him be glory. Where? In you. How? By this anointed one, Jesus, to all generations. Where's the glory of God? Come on, give Jesus praise. You're getting hold of this family? Ooh, some of you are going out much bigger than you came in. Look at Colossians 1.9. This is just, this is complete. This is the prayer. Those prayers are what I prayed over you. Here's the next one. Verse 9. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. When I saw do not cease to pray, I said, well, that's me too. If he counts his partners as important, I do too. Then I'm obligated to the same thing. So I don't cease to pray for you. And ask what? That you filled with the knowledge of His will in, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. All wisdom. Say all wisdom. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him. Without faith it is. See, this is believing that you walk in the fullness of faith. Fully pleasing Him. Fruitful in how many? Every good work. And increasing in what? Increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might. According to His, which is that anointing. According to His glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. I give thanks to the Father. He has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Family, you don't have to wait to get to heaven to enjoy your inheritance now. Those in heaven are already enjoying their inheritance, but he says we are already partakers. Say, I'm already a partaker. 
And verse 13, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. People ask, where do I get this wisdom from? As much as I pray that over you, I say, Father, I thank you. You've blessed my partners and I pray the prayers. And then I say, amen. And then I lift my hands and say, now that I've done my due diligence, I believe I am filled. See, I can say the same thing. And I receive it, I put it into the first verse. I am filled with a knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. My walk is worthy of you, fully pleasing you. I am fruitful in every good work as I increase in the knowledge of God. You've given me that wisdom. I know how you think and I know your ways. Every day. Every day. What am I doing? I'm receiving. I'm receiving. I'm saying, I know I'm anointed. Not only do I know it, I receive it. I receive it. I know all things. Not Alan Bag, Christ in me. So when someone asks a question, I just have to say, anointed one. What's the answer? And there it is. Hallelujah. Family, that is my prayer for you. That you're filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That your walk is worthy of Him, fully pleasing Him. That you are fruitful in every good work as you continue to increase in the knowledge of God. Amen. Come on, let's give our Jesus praise. Let's stand together. You receive it? Then let's say it. Raise your hand to the Lord and say, Today I've heard the Word of God. Place your other hand on your heart and say, I've received the Anointed One. The very anointing of God dwells within my heart. And I am a believer, not a doubter. I'm a hearer of the Word and therefore a doer. And I walk in the fullness and I receive those prayers over my life. I receive the wisdom of God, the knowledge of His will, the understanding of God. I know how my God thinks. I know His ways. I'm intimate with the Holy Spirit and I am led by Him. Holy Spirit, You teach me what I need to know, guiding me into all truth that I may fully please my heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God.